1: Hello and welcome to the Osher Ginsburg podcast. I'm Osher Ginsburg. This is episode 121 of the show with Australian self made multimillionaire Nathan Birch. I'll tell you more about him in a moment. Thank you so much for being here. If you like the show that you're about to hear, please subscribe in the podcast app of your choice. Of course, you can find every episode at osherginsberg.com. Only the most recent 50 are in iTunes. If you like the show, tell a friend. If you don't like the show, tell a friend. This podcast is brought to you today by the wonderful generous listeners who are supporting this show through the patreon page p a t r e o n patreon slash i am i'm humbled i'm grateful i am incredibly thankful to so many people that have been so generous with their hard earned cash. I could not quite believe it once uh, I set up the page and very quickly the email started pinging into my inbox. Of uh, So many people who listen to the show and get enough out of it, they thought, yeah, you know what, the money that I work hard for, the money that I go and you know spend time away from my family and friends and the things that I do that I love, uh, I'm going to give some of that money to this guy because I listen to this show and that's an exchange that I'm okay with. That is, I'm so humbled by it. The rewards start at $5 a month, uh, but you can donate a dollar if you like. You can donate it one time only if that's what you want. And again, please, if you can't afford anything, don't give me anything. But if you can, that'd be great. Um, just if you could, you know, have a think about what this show is worth to you every week and that's fine. Like, And like I said, if you can't afford to give anything, please don't. But if you can and you feel like... <laughs> there's some reciprocation going on here, then that's fine. Podcasts are free to listen to, but they are, unfortunately, they're not free to make. Each episode takes me anywhere between six and eight hours a week to put together, which is time that I'm finding um, harder to come by, and um, I'm hoping that I can use the money to hire an audio producer to help me um, edit and put the shows together and help me organize guests because um, I'm running a bit flat out at the moment, and I haven't even started batch yet, but I'm very touched. About what's happening between us. It's a very, very special thing. So two big things happened through this week, which I uh I kind of want to tell you about. Um we'll warn you now, if I sneeze, I'm gonna make a terrible noise because I have very bruised ribs. Thankfully not broken, but very bruised ribs. I had a mad well, not massive, but I had a pretty good bike crash on Thursday morning. Uh, I was riding to work as I do every day, about 4:43, 445. And uh Coming along the bike path by the Southeast Freeway there in Brisbane, heading towards the Lower River Terrace, listening to Dr. Dre. Is it Dre? Is it Dre? That's what they say. Every single and I'm I'm uh, unfortunately, I was because I time myself, I like to see how fast I can get into work, right? So I was hammering that morning and I passed a bloke uh about you know a minute or two before, just blew straight past him. And um I uh I approached this kind of downhill bit uh, that goes into a blind corner a little quicker than I normally do. So it's a bit bumpy down there. So what I do is I put my hands on the on the drops, on the curved bits of the bike bars so that they don't bounce off the top, which can happen. And I wouldn't want to lose control. So anyway, as I put one hand down and one hand was on still on the top of the bar, I, I uh, tried to wash off a bit of speed by braking a bit with my back brake. And... That pulled my body forward on the bike, which then pushed the wheel, the front handlebars to one side, which then I then overcorrected for. And next thing I know, uh, the freeway that was at my right and the bike path that was in front of me, suddenly the freeway is in front of me and the bike paths to my left. And then the freeways to my left and the sky is below me. And anyway, I hit, I bounced, I got winded, I slid, I rolled and, uh, yeah, I made a I made a noise. I have been I have been winded for a long time. Have a think about the last time you got winded. Yeah, I haven't been winded for a long, 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 long time. And uh, I just kind of lay there, and I could see, I could see the uh, I could see the lights of the cyclist that I'd uh, passed a few minutes beforehand coming towards me. So I lifted up the hand that I could lift up. I waved at him and. Uh, he says, "Are you okay?" I said, "I think so." He says, Do you need an ambulance? Said, well, give me one second, and I and I stood up and I kind of checked feet. Yeah, good. Yeah, legs. Yeah, good. Knees, good. Hips, good. Yeah. All ribs hurt. Oh, arm hurts. And I looked down at my arm, and there was yeah, there was a lot of blood. Yeah, it looked it looked it looked a little like you know some pretty tasty lasagna. It was pretty messed up. He says, "Yeah, you've lost some meat off that arm, mate." I says, "Yeah." He says, "Do you need to lift to hospital?" I, said, oh, I think I'll I think I'll be okay. I'll be okay to get to work. Um, my, uh, left, uh, uh, gear shifter was all bent towards the inside. My back brake was stuck on. I had to take the back brake off basically so I could ride to work. Um, yeah, but, uh, thanks to some, the fantastic uh, Australian medical system, which is amazing after 10 years in America, um, I managed to get, um, cleaned up at the doctor's a couple of hours later. There's nothing quite like when the nurse in the treatment room is scrubbing your wound out and she calls over the trainee, come have a look at this. This is, yeah, look how deep this is. And then the trainee calls over the doctor, yeah, check this out. And so all three of them are peering into the chasm that is now in my elbow. Um, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it's a pretty good one. Uh, got some x-rays done that day um, and I've broken my right thumb there's a chunk of bone that's come off the top of my right thumb. Um, and uh, I don't need surgery thankfully. I went and saw the surgeon the next day, and uh, I'm very grateful that I don't I don't need to get surgery. Um, but uh, what are some antibiotics? because I was looking a little staffy when we change the dressing. you don't want that. Um, but yeah, the, the thing that the, the worst part about it is that it hurts because my ribs are bruised. It hurts to laugh. And last night, uh, Gigi was um, at her uh, uh, grandparents' place. They took her for Saturday night, so Audrey could have the night together. And um, uh, and I, we went, and go so, went to go see Deadpool, which is a stupid idea because it's a very, 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 very funny film. And I was in pain from the opening credits to the end credits. <laughs> Yeah, it really hurt, but it was a really, brilliant, brilliant movie. Yeah. Anyway, um, so that's 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 one thing that happened. So you know, I've got to say though, it was good to get a bit of humility. I like, um, I like to take the humility where it's given to me. I was riding too fast. I was doing the wrong thing. I was, hang on, Frankie, let go of that. You got plenty of toys to chew on. Don't chew on that. You'll get electrocuted. <laughs> Sorry. There's a new puppy here, and he's just being a puppy. No, you little fucker. There you go. Go get that. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, it's. I, I appreciate getting a bit of humility now and then. Because yeah, I was not concentrating enough. I. I you know, was busy thinking about other things. I didn't have my mind on the road and it was a, it was a painful lesson to learn, but I learned it. And uh, I'm very grateful. I just, I walked around the whole day just laughing because I just could not believe how lucky I got. I could have broken my elbow. I could have really fucked myself up, but uh, yeah, I was really, really lucky. Ah, uh, the other thing that happened this week was as a biggie, actually, a project that me and a few other people have been working on, a fairly significant project that was going to take a large chunk of twenty sixteen to complete, and uh, it was going to be a very big, big career shift for me in uh, you know future directions and you know future uh, creation of content. Um, uh, went away, as happens in this industry. Sometimes things they it's all go 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 go, and then it's nah, can't go ahead. Which you know, at first it was a bit disappointing, but you know, then my uh, my mentor always tells me that. You know, I remember when I told him that I lost the job, uh, Hot Hits Live from LA, and I, I call it I was like, man, I just lost my job. I'm unemployed for the first time in 20 years. He goes, I'm excited for you, pal. I said, I'm sorry, I don't think you heard me, man. I just told you I lost my job. I'm unemployed. And I said, well, I'm excited for you. It means the universe has got something bigger in plan. And he was right. So, I try to look at all these things now. And I, me and the team that have been working on this project have invested a lot of time and a lot of effort and uh, used a lot of connections and pulled in a lot of favors to, to get to a point. And so, obviously, it was a disappointment that that happened. But ultimately it was excitement because it's like, okay, well, if that's not going ahead, all these people that have come together to work on this, the next thing we make is going to be brilliant because we've already spent six months getting to a point where we're all, you know, making soup. And, um, so yeah, it could have sucked, but thankfully everyone on the team had a look at it like that, which was cool. So, and it does kind of lead me to talk about my guest today because at the end of this conversation, he most definitely covers that off and he came to it from his own, you know, realization, but it really is the, I guess the lesson in this show today is that no one can make you feel like anything and nothing can make you feel like anything. You decide how things make you feel, you decide how people make you feel, and you decide how you react to things. It's all in the reframe. It's all in the reframe. So I look forward to telling you about the something bigger that's going to come in the space of this thing because it was a biggie. So my guest this week is Nathan Birch. Nathan is an incredibly interesting guy. he retired from regular work the full-time I guess workforce at 24 and as a you know with with a, an independent discretionary not no, what's the word um, passive income independent passive income that he'd made from uh, real estate investment and he's, a, he's he's a self-made multimillionaire there's no other way to describe him. He uh, he followed a strict protocol, which he freely explains on this show. And he amassed, he's now amassed a master property portfolio of over two hundred investment properties worth over fifty million bucks, which, after all is said and done, and paid for, and council rates, and new dishwashers, and whatever his tenants want, uh, provide him with more than five hundred thousand dollars a year in passive income. But that's not why he's on the show. He's on the show because. He's a guy who's seen the railroad tracks that we as a society are expected to follow and possibly follow even though we don't even look for the tracks. We just feel that we're on a path. The repetitive script: birth, school, work, marriage, mortgage, kids, cancer, death, that millions of people in Western society have followed before us. The script that we're expected not to question. Hey, hey, look, here's some shiny new things. Look, here's shiny new thing 2.0. Hey, yeah, don't worry about it. Play with this thing; it's great. Shiny, shiny. Here's shiny new thing S. It's great. You should buy it. Don't worry about. Don't worry about that. Don't 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 worry. Don't worry. Just no, just you just ah, you just you just here. Sit down, watching. Hey, play that cat game that I started playing on the iPhone. It's great. So I guess one of the things that I love to do is I love to speak to people who have explored life outside of the big machine that I just described and get their perspective on life. Nathan's approach to how he made his fortune. Hey, seriously, kid, you're going to get killed. Sorry, man. I'm just trying to deal with a puppy over here. I'm by myself with him. Nathan's approach, I guess, as to how he made his fortune, it may or may not be for you. It may not be within your reach. That's fine. But his perspective on life is very interesting because he's made a life for himself where the acquisition of money where the acquisition of money and material things stopped being a problem to be solved so what does he do next and that's the question that I love to hear the answer to because what do you do once you've left that finish line that society has defined for us well well behind what do you do once the house the car the overseas trip the big tv the boat the whatever Once you've got all those material things, what do you do next? Now, I'm not a client of Nathan's, but I do love the lessons he's taught here in this conversation. And most of all, I do love how he looks at the world. If it was more of a cliche story, I couldn't describe it. Failed every subject from kindergarten to grade 12, now is a multimillionaire. Nathan Birch, go. Go. So we're rolling. Okay. How are you, mate? Good yourself? <laughs> Let me go. I'm, I'm all right. I'm moving house tomorrow. There we go. So, um, yeah, I'm sure you know all about it. It's, just, it's yeah. a, a pain movement. Well, it is, and it isn't. Yeah. It's super exciting. Yeah. And then it's like, it's the little emotional triggers you get from picking up stuff that you haven't seen in ages. And, you know, you see a note or you remember something and you go, oh, well, that's right and he put it in a box pick up the next thing yeah. oh yeah that go. oh yeah
2: Put it <laughs> in a box. by the
1: end you fit in one box you're like
2: oh <laughs> we, we just recently moved office and um when we moved office i was sitting there and we're moving from you know uh, office about six times the size and when we moved to the new office i was sitting there packing everything up and i was thinking uh, expansion things have been happening it's cool but it's sort of sad, like, you know, like letting go of this place, you're never going to come back to tomorrow, like, you know, after you've been there for three years and so much has changed or whatever. It's, yeah. It's interesting. So. Who was I working with yesterday? Uh, Jack, what's his last name? Jack DeLosa,
1: the guy that founded Entourage. Yeah, yeah. So I was speaking to him yesterday and he said every uh, every quarter he does a, a blank canvas okay. session with his team. Yeah. He's like, if we started this business today, what will yeah. we do? yeah. And he said "What he does that to help him out of the entrenched processes and things that come with being in the same place, doing the same routines, yeah. all this kind of stuff. He said he's found it to be
2: really helpful. It's very similar to what I think of like just in life in general because if you, if you look at a baby like when you're a child, you, you know, the baby's head feels like it's going to fall off. I don't have any children yet. But uh, with it, when you have a baby, the head feels like it's going to fall off. Then three months later, the baby's head feels okay and his eyes start smiling then three months later it can start to crawl and stuff like that and it sort of grows. But as adults, we don't grow like a lot, a lot of people get caught in just being okay or happy or I'm happy with what I've got or comfortable and you, know, you shouldn't be comfortable. You should always be pushing yourself and thinking about you know, how you're going to grow in the next three months and whatnot. So,
1: What's worse, in my opinion, yeah. is oh, I'll be happy when. Yeah, yeah. That's, if, that is that is trap. If the motto
2: comes. If, That's you
1: know, it. I'll be happy when I get that car. I'll be happy when I get... Yeah. The new house. I'll be happy when I get the new boobs. I'll yeah. be happy when, you know, if only I can get that job.
2: Hey, it's okay if we're happy with new boobs. Then but no, no, no. But like,
1: but here's the thing I have known girls who say that. And then guess what? Yeah. Same sadness, nice boobs. Exactly. It's oh, yeah. exactly. <laughs> you're still you. Great exactly. boobs. Uh, and she's like, I'm still sad. I was like, yes, because you didn't take care of the shit that was. It's all up anyway. here. Yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. And, and I think for, for many people, that's the big trap. That's the big trap is yeah. is imagining that things will be better when. Yeah. There is no
2: when. It's now, you know. It's, it's, I saw recently um, a post and it said, YOLO, you only live once, but if you live it well, you only need to live once. And <laughs> it's like you know, a lot of people hope for maybe in one day, like I think the most important thing we have is time. You can't, you know, we all have 24 hours in the day and we can't, you know, change that. And, you know, we need to maximise the, the time that we have being here on Earth. So. Yeah, one of my favourite
1: things I saw was um, you have the same amount of hours in a day as Beyonce. Yeah,
2: exactly. It's <laughs> what you're doing about. It's the choices, it's the decisions, <laughs> it's the actions, you know. And
1: yeah.
2: I remember when I, was, um, when I was younger, a lot of people that I went to school yeah. with would be like, oh, you know, you've got to come out, you've got to come party, all that sort of stuff. And I think I sacrificed my childhood. Like, You know, I just turned 30 this year and looking back, between the age of, you know, 17, 18, 19, 20, 25, 30, like all up until probably two years ago, I was working like two, two full-time jobs, all that sort of stuff, until I quit the workforce at 24. And then, you know, it came to a position where I was like, you know, I've got to start to enjoy this as well. But, um, you know, the decisions that I took, I could have been like, oh, I could go for a Kentucky holiday, I could go and do this, I could go and do that. The guys that were partying, travelling, you know, they haven't done anything. They're so far beyond the eight ball, now they want to get married, have children, you know, and their life. They're not in a position to be able to take life in their own control. My friend
1: uh, Luke Wallace once told me, you can work hard when you're young and make it easy, yeah. or you can work hard when you're old and make it really hard. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you're saying you were quite young when you, oh, hang on, let me get it. Bloody... I don't have coasters, but I've got massive placemats. There we go. It'll be less clunky. I always get afraid yeah. putting glass on glass. There we go. I feel Get So it sounds like you were pretty young when you realised yes. that there was a different path to take.
2: Yeah. like I was 16 years old and, you, you know, as a child you sit there and think, you know, your life's a little happy and, you know, everything's going to be kosher. But I was at a point where <clears throat> my mum came to pick me up one day and something who had seen her eyes was wrong. And my parents were in nearly 50 when they had me. And so it was a surprise package. And um, with it, my uh, mum my came to tell me my dad had died. And, you know, I was all upset and all that sort of stuff. Parents are happy. You think you have a happy family and, you know, something happens. And I sat there and analysed his life and thought, you know, uh, looking at people's lives, they go through it their whole life and, you know, work, trying to get ahead and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, I it wasn't a waste of a life because he had children and family and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, there's got to be more to life than, you know, having to be stuck inside the matrix. And for me, you know, I watched The Matrix it was around that sort of time. A good old movie makes me feel old now, but um, especially looking at those phones. Uh, but looking at it, you know, there was something you had to get outside of that. And that's, you know, we all have to live in this world. We all have to get along in this world, all that sort of stuff. But, you know, do we have to, you know, go to the city and see everyone walking across the road, you know, in marching order sort of thing and that wasn't something i wanted to do and i thought for myself you know looking at my family my mom my dad my brothers all that sort of stuff um you know working their life really hard and not really enjoying their life and i was like well i'll sacrifice between the age of 18 to 30 i'll do whatever it takes to get to where i need to be and i'll be able to live life on my terms and you know i, I remember the days i used to stay with my socks together and, you know, eat like a you know uh, for a dollar a day, two dollars a day, just for the fun of it, and save every cent. Can we you
1: know? can we talk about when you were sixteen? Yeah, that's fine. Is yeah. that okay? Yeah, nothing's off limits. All right, because it,
2: it that that's the
1: relationship that you have with your father, no matter yeah. who you are. Yeah, it's just the way our brains are wired. Yeah, is very 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 important. Yeah, and how that relationship ends up is yeah. very 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 important. And I can know from my own experience. Um, yeah. When my own when my father's been ill in the past yeah. i didn't expect it out of nowhere it just yeah. just sent me sideways and i yeah. you know i yeah. was like yeah he's the old guy This is going to happen and yeah. i had no idea that you know this thing's not going to prepared gonna, for it yeah. yeah so to be 16 yeah um am facing that's now. pretty that's pretty yeah. devastating did yeah. any of your other mates have, have
2: lost their fathers at that point oh no uh, not really no my dad was 62 years old when he died and um
1: yeah. It's it was, still pretty it's, young, man. Still
2: pretty young, yeah, yeah. And I sit there and I think to myself today, even as a reality check, we're talking about you Was know, it a heart thing? Yeah, had a heart attack. Just walking around, talking to my brother, dropped dead, and that was it. By the time he hit the ground, he was dead. And um yeah, it was something that I look at myself now and think, you know, I'm thirty, I'm half my way there. Uh, you know, the the the, the, the first, you know, out of my life, say the first between being born and twenty years old, you're just learning stuff. Like we're constantly learning. But, you know, these, this is a time that you need to enjoy your life, the position where you are. You know, from here, you know, people go and have family, all that sort of stuff. If you're stuck in a normal job, you get in a position where you, you know, you have to, you know, it doesn't get easier. Like as you have a family and mortgages and debts and all that sort of stuff to get ahead. So when you're young, you need to do it. Otherwise, you're going to be in a position where you can't do it later on and you'll just be stuck in the rat race. You know? yeah. yeah. So initially, like after you... After your father passed, that must yeah. that must yeah. have been so tight. Yeah. You said you got a brother. Any other yeah, kids? Yeah, I've got uh, those four kids. So, yeah, so Your yeah. mum's alone. Yeah, my mum's alone. She's in her mid seventies, and uh, yeah, it's. Um, I was at the age of thirteen, actually. Um, so I'm saying your so your older brothers and sisters are quite a bit older. Yeah, like my oldest brother's almost fifty. Right. My Nieces and nephews are in the twenties. So yeah, um, with it, when I was thirteen years old. I was looking at my brothers and they're buying a house to live in and stuff like that and I thought, I want to buy a house one day and that's when the excitement started. And then, you know, over the years I couldn't sign a contract until I was 18 but I was working, you know, as a child, saving up money, all that sort of stuff and I thought, I want to buy a house in Western Sydney. I went to the cheapest place that I could find that was still inside Sydney because I wanted the parameters of Sydney. I thought Mount Druitt, that's the cheapest place. And I'd never been there in my life. I was scared to go there but I looked at the area and I thought, you know, this has got... Opportunity for me to get the foot in the doorstep. And I see people today saying, you know, you can't get ahead, you can't buy in the Sydney market. Like, you know, I live in cool houses, I drive nice cars today, but it didn't start off that way. Like, it started off, you know, at the start, buying what I could afford and hustle my ass off to get to where I need to be. And I set a simple plan when I was 18 years old. And I was by the age of 30, I wanted to be in a position where I earned a thousand bucks a week. So I thought that was cool as an 18 year old kid in the early 2000s. And um, looking at it today, you know, my portfolio is almost two hundred properties. It's over hundred and seventy at the moment currently. I've got two settling de savo. Three actually. Nice. <laughs> one's a duplex, one's a, a unit. Um, and my rental income, you know, after all expenses, I'll bring over a half a million dollars a year worth of passive income. And, and that I think once you can take money That's ten X on your uh, on your dream. On my dream it's not bad. I thought it was impossible, right? Yeah. I thought it was impossible and I went out, I set out and thought, you know, if I have to sacrifice 10 years just working two jobs. I wasn't smart as guy at school. I've got 32.8 in my UAI, which is just a half percent above a mystery mark, uh, as I've been told. Mystery mark? Yeah, mystery mark. Like You get no, like, I think if you get 32 or less, they just don't even rate you with a percentage of 32.8. So as to not absolutely crush you. Yeah, just yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah like, just to sit there and say, you've done shit. We're just going to show you how, yeah, how yeah. Sure you know.
1: We're not going to tell you you've got 4%. We're just going to say, look, let's just... Just yeah. just go find something else to do. Yeah, it's not exactly. going to be university. Exactly,
2: exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't think that, it was, that I was dumb. I just thought it was, I rebelled that system. I didn't want to be stuck in that system. I didn't want to be stuck in the matrix. Like deep down, like why did I have to go to uni? Like I'll go work hard like my family did. My family you know, are hard blue-collar workers that, so, you know, they just get ahead in life. But for me to push myself outside of that, I knew I had to do something dramatic and that's why I took the sacrifice of doing that and I think looking back you know there's lots of emotions when I think back to you know 18 and 17 and 15 and 16 and whatnot. and you know the person that I was is not the person I am today and it's all from mental toughness and learning and the stuff that happened and we'll talk beforehand about you know, every three months you know I believe I grow as a person I change you know and refine and become a better person of getting closer to where I want to be and you know the biggest thing for me when I was 20, you know, 24 and quit my job, like you know, everyone was scared of the GFC and losing their job. And I was in a position where, you know, I'd created a passive income stream through my property investing to be able to quit my job because i realized that working a job, it was a six figure income from one job that I had at that point, um, that I was doing myself a disservice. I could be doing something better in my life and for my life. And that's when I quit my job. And, um, it wasn't scary at all. I was just, you know, excited by it. And I woke up on Monday morning. And I thought, what am I going to do? Like, I'm used to working two full-time jobs, having, you know, super I, I just apologise. That's
1: the sound of the Sydney property market expanding behind us. That's it. That's,
2: that's, <laughs> that's my portfolio. Those, those properties must be settling soon. So just very quickly,
1: uh, three doors down. Yeah. Uh, went for $8 million about two months ago. Okay. For developments proposals turned up within a week. Yeah. There's two houses there and there. Yeah. I They're getting second floors put on them. There's yeah. another one over there that's just done. There's another one over there that gets done. Yeah. Hey, this street is going bananas. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, 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 it's crazy. Yeah. Um, sorry to interrupt you, but I did want to just go back in a second. This, this bag here. Yeah. This bag here is just full of stationary stuff because the kid's starting high school. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah I think yeah. she's starting high school in two months. Yeah. All yeah. right. Knowing what you know now. Yeah. And knowing you said you rebelled against the system. Yeah. All right. Knowing how, and I felt much the same way in high school. I felt yeah. like, I know I'm not dumb. Yeah. But I'm not the kind of smart that can measure, get measured by this. Exactly. And so this system says that I'm not
2: mystery. Yeah. I'm mystery, yeah. you know. I failed um, every grade between kindergarten and year 12, but, you know. So,
1: <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. how would you, if it was up to you, how would yeah. you change how high school yeah. works?
2: Um, look, I, I think the system that we've got is good because it's, a, it's an orderly system, but, I think that the system's not perfect for everyone, and it's you know it's like saying we all go and eat food, but some people are lactose intolerant; they can't eat a certain food, so or they you know they're allergic to a food. Um, and I look at the the system what we've got. You know, there's opportunities outside that. So don't sit there and think, okay, I hate school or whatever, and I, I, I don't fit in or I can't get good grades or can't go to uni. There's heaps of opportunities out there. Most most like successful people out there in the world have been you know trying to push out of that system, whether it be Steve Jobs or Richard Branson or anyone. Um, you know, there's, there's
1: so what would you put into high school to, a, to, to a kind of alleviate that and maybe yeah. help keep the students' focus within the school system rather than yeah. looking for things outside? Sometimes those things become quite negative. Yeah. Um, what would have
2: worked for you? For me, I'll go back a step actually. Um, for me, I went to five high schools. I couldn't fit in. Right? <laughs> For me, it wasn't a matter of being dumb or whatever. I was an ADD kid. So, you know, I was hyperactive, or, you know, disruptive, whatnot. That put you on meds? No, never on meds. It just, yeah, controlled by the food that I ate. You know, it's, uh, you know, food colorings and stuff like that. It wasn't into medications and stuff. And, um, uh, every school I went to, I couldn't fit in and couldn't make friends. So I'd rock up to a school and i had these opinions that have the monkey on my shoulder, my brain's an overactive brain. And I was sitting there with stories like, these people won't like me, I've got too many pimples on my face, whatever the case may be, as we were talking beforehand, about, you know, the, the conception, perceptions that you have in your head. And it wasn't until I went to my last school in year 11 and 12 that, you know, I just thought, stuff it, like, I, I don't care, like, I'm here, I will do the best that I can school-wise, but, you know... It was more of a social thing that I was here. And I think the biggest thing that I learned from that was to give me confidence to be able to talk to people, interact with people, because before that I'd get picked on because I'd just be a loner or whatever the case might be, hanging out at the library because, it was, you know, it's embarrassing to sit outside with no friends, you know, that sort of stuff. How so, old
1: were you when you were this tall? You're a big
2: guy. Yeah, I was, uh, this tall is a funny story. My, uh, I was 13 years old. My brother was buying a new car and he was like 25 or something at the time. And the guy turned around to me. He goes, here, do you want to take the car for a test drive as well? And my mum jumped in and she goes, no, he's only 13 years old, blah, blah, blah. Don't you dare. I was like excited because I had the keys for the car. I was going to take this car for a <laughs> drive. I didn't even know what, what I was doing. But, um, yeah, I was, you know, six foot four when I was like, you know, 13 years old. Yeah. So you're tall. Yeah. Pimple face. Gang. Yeah. <laughs> Bad skin. Yeah. Loner in the library. Yeah. Exactly. That's the, you know, that's. That could have gone one way or the other, mate. Exactly, exactly. And I've seen other people out there like, you know, I've never touched drugs or anything like that, but I saw kids at school that touched drugs and all that sort of stuff that would, you know, set them out to their life or where they are today from just silly mistakes. And it wasn't anything like that. It was just, you know, I, I think my brain already knew what I wanted to do. Like I had an entrepreneurial brain when I was 12, 13 years old, you know, whether it be, you know, Hustling stuff at school and buying gadgets and selling them and getting pocket money. Whatever. Was that the like, first business you started? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What was the market? I just whether it be to those guys that smoke cigarettes at school and you buy them lighters that were in the shapes of pistols and stuff at the two dollar shop and you buy them for two dollars and sell them for fifteen or whatever. But you know, <laughs> um, it was looking at my family business. My family had a, an aquarium, so selling fish, goldfish, tropical fish, that sort of stuff, and um, seeing the successes that they had. And the, you know, the, the, the failures that, they had, you know, working seven days a week, 20-hour days, all that sort of stuff to try and get ahead, but they're just getting by. <clears throat> and that wasn't something I wanted to sign up for in life, you know. Yeah. And I thought there was more to it.
1: And when did you realize that uh, um, rather than, I don't know, like s- starting a, another aquarium business or starting something that you could scale, starting something, making widgets?
2: When did you realize that uh, real estate, that's it? Yeah. Um, 13 Yeah, Yeah, Um, for me I was looking at – so my family weren't well off but at a period, you know, when I was younger um, they had a a business that was doing okay and I saw, you know, from struggles to good times and then back to struggles and I saw, you know, you can make money out there in the world, you can do things but you need to be, you know, proactive and and you need to use your brain for it and not just – Reactive to markets and whatnot. And for me, when when I you know I wanted to save my money, I knew that rich people had property. You know, and rich people always have property, so I wanted to be like that. I sound like Adam Sandler on the wedding singer when he says he wants to work at the bank, and they go, "What experience?" He goes, "I love money. I have a little pocket of it sitting on top of my fridge and whatnot." But I realized that you know, property was something that was going to be an asset that would look after itself and and get me to where I wanted to be, and you know, be able to break free of the 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 Matrix, people used to say to me when I was younger, Nathan, aren't you scared that, you know, that you could go broke and all that sort of stuff?
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. Alright, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I
2: was scared of being trapped away for 40 years doing something I hated and then dying. That was my motivation for me wanting to get ahead, and for me to you know push out of that, you know I realized that I needed a job, so I just go and find whatever job that I could find that had the highest paying income. So uh, initially I thought you know real estate agents are expect- they earn lots of money, that whatever, um, and that's a hard gig. I feel sorry for real estate agents. People want to give crap to them all the time and say that they you know the shonkiest people out there. Um, I did it for you know a year or two and. It Was the hardest job of putting up signs and so many different things that were, that were you know, I, I just didn't like it. Um, I worked for uh a, 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 some pubs, so just doing night shifts and stuff like that on the door and that. Um, and you a security with, guy, no, no, just like a concierge type thing. All right, yeah, not not security, At okay, I didn't want to wreck my uh my, my good looks. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also working uh, just in various other jobs. So um, one of my jobs was in, in media, selling media space. So I, I just realized I hated my jobs. I didn't want a career. I wanted to be able to earn money, the most amount of money that I could and invest that in real estate and sacrifice everything that I could to push myself forward. What was the number
1: on the fridge? What was the, um, once I get this amount of money, mm. then I make
2: my move? Yeah, um, it was uh, to get 10 properties by the age of 30. And I thought that was impossible. Um, by the age of 24, uh, well, by the age of 25, I had 25 properties, and I was earning about
1: 50k a year passive income at that point. So, tell me, tell me about, the, about the when you were working those three jobs. Yeah. What was the um, what was the? Hang on a sec. Do I don't. Uh, when you're earning, when you're working those three jobs. Yeah. What was the? I'm building up this much saving before I make that first move and buy that first property out in Mount Druitt. And my first property, I had uh, 35 grand saved
2: up. I was eleven right. years old. And, yeah, eighteen years, uh, 18 years old. You'd say thirty-five grand. Correct. Yeah, yeah. I had, well, we should have had fifty-five grand, but um, I uh, I bought a new car at that point for twenty grand. But yeah, you've got to try and impress the lady somehow. What <laughs> kind of car was it? It was a Nissan Pulse. Of course, it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was brand new. It was, it was Why did you short. just lease it? What are you doing? No, nah, because I I, don't, I didn't like it. I thought. There's the other thing. Like, I was in program that debt was bad as well. Where, uh, you know, everyone's saying debt's bad. Anyway, the first property that I bought, people were excited. They're like, you know. That's good, you know. Congratulations, my son has bought a property, whatever. The second property was like, oh, yeah, good on you. Just be careful what you're doing. Third one, it's like an intervention, right? My family were thinking I'm like, you know, someone was a bad addict, addicted to something. And then the fourth one, the fifth one, like no one talked to me. They thought it was like, you know, going off the rails like, you know, Britney Spears back in the day. So, you know, like something. So talk talk me
1: through it because a lot of people listening might go, okay, one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, one. That's the one I live in. Two maybe. Yeah. Maybe I'll Airbnb it or maybe I'll I'll rent it out. Yeah. So the idea of having one and that's. It's a a business. Yeah. And then how do you you leverage from the one to the two? Yeah. From the one and two to the three, from the one and two and three to the four?
2: Yeah. How's that done? So for me to start off with the first one, I just saved up, bought it. second one, saved up, bought it. Third one, saved up, bought it. I was trying to put down the smallest amount of deposit in the. That I put at the time. Um, and just What were the banks do when he said i you know I'm nineteen years old yeah. and I've already got one property. The income stacked up because I was working. They knew that for me to repay the loan, you know, I've still had 40 years ahead of me to have to work and pay the loan off. So um, it wasn't that bad, like in people's head to have the opinion that, you know, it's hard to, you know, you can't get a loan or I'm too old, too young, can't do it. For the first, say, three or four properties, I saved up the deposits and then I was like, there's got to be a better way because I'm just trying to pay off these properties, save up the cash and put down as a deposit, all that sort of stuff. And then I realised about leverage and I was buying properties that were below market value. So I've got three keys in investing. Um, first of all, you need to have a plan. You don't just buy anything for the fun of it. You need to have a plan of how's this property going to help you to get to where you want to be. Um, but once you've got a, a roadmap to get ahead and you know a game plan on what you want, to, what you need to do, um, buying the property below market value is my first key, which uh, is really important. So what I mean by that is if you're buying a property that's worth 300 and you pick it up for 250, you've got 50 grand worth of equity in it from day one. If you're forced to sell it, you'll get out of there relatively unscathed. If the market comes backwards, then you know, you've got a buffer in there to protect yourself. So protection is really important. The second one is to make sure you've got upside for growth. So uh, buying in a town in Timbuktu ain't going to you know, it's, it's potential, maybe high risk, probably won't happen. Um, buying inside a capital city's infrastructure that's changing, what we can see out the front of your uh, place here, mate, that's that's what we're talking about. We want to see that infrastructure, whether it be me buying a Mount Druid going back, you know, 12 years ago, 13 years ago, um, is infrastructure. You've got the M7, the freeways, the upgrades from, um, you know, the warehouses that were going in. It changed from being people on the dole sitting on DB to everyone wearing a high vis shirt and everyone working, and it it changed a lot over the years. Um, You want to see this upside for growth. The third one is to make sure that the cash flow is strong. So if you're going to be buying this property, you don't want it to hurt your lifestyle. You want it to be complementing it. So a property can be negative geared, and that's what everyone hears, like, buy a property, claim some deductions, whatever. You wouldn't set up a business in order for it to lose money to hopefully get a tax deduction. You'd close that business down. Why would you go and buy a property that's going to lose money? You want it to be able to look after itself. So for me, I always want my properties to be relatively neutral cash flow to positive cash flow. Uh, you know, If you get a neutral, pro- neutral cash flow property today, it will turn positive cash flow. Over time. So
1: let's let's just say just like let's just use some super yeah. round numbers. Yeah. Say and super cheap, say your mortgage repayments are uh, two thousand bucks a month.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, let's just say mortgage repayments strata, everything, 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 everything yeah. is two thousand bucks a month. Yeah. If you can charge your tenants five hundred bucks a month uh, uh, five hundred bucks a week, week, yeah, you're laughing. Exactly. That's exactly if you can charge your tenants five twenty five, yeah, you're making hundred bucks a
2: month. Correct. If you've got 20 of those properties, 50 of those properties, 100 of those properties, that's where the real numbers come in. So, uh, uh, different things will change over time because as your mindset grows, as you change, and as an investor, you can see different things that happen. If you're uh, proactive and not reactive, if you bought 10 properties today and they go from 200 grand to 400 grand, which has happened everywhere in Sydney, it's something that you would have $2 million turned to $4 million, what could you do with $2 million worth of newfound equity? Could you go and use it as a deposit for a shopping centre or block of units or whatever that will bring you extra income coming through? And it's, it's a matter of continuously growing as an investor.
1: Guys like you 20 years ago yeah. would be, come to my seminar, it'll cost you 10000 yeah, and I'll yeah. tell you the secrets. Now you're sitting in my kitchen. Yeah just saying the
2: last 10 minutes <clears throat> yeah. what's driven you to want to share yeah. this knowledge the point came when i was 20 24 years old 25 years old i was you know quit my job and i started getting anxiety every day i suffer anxiety so not like badly but i'd sit down i'd have a lump or on my ear or whatever i'd be like i've got cancer i've got to you know, start googling I'd, I'd just freak myself out I'd go to the doctor get blood tests whatever I was bored, like all my mates were working, like all, all mates was telling me about beforehand that'd be at schoolies or you know, traveling or whatever. They'd be stuck in their job having to work now at this point. I had nothing to do. It was either play bingo. Yeah. You know. It was boring, life was boring. So I thought Yeah, lucky drugs and to... alcohol weren't there for you, mate. Holy <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, Lucky Wolf of Wall Street didn't come out. Yeah, you know to what they like, say, cocaine's enough. God's <laughs> way of telling you you're making too much money. <laughs> So I was sitting there and I was I was bored and um I, was, I had this when I was younger I had an ego so probably five six seven years ago I was like I want to be I want everyone to know that I am successful with property so I started making YouTube videos and uh, you know putting myself out there in the YouTube world and asking people for their feedback because I want to create an education system for people to say here's what I'm doing this is what I've done you know what's your feedback and from that I started making these YouTube videos people you know started send me emails on a daily basis and it started to become big and the media got behind me and they're like, how how do you do what you've done? How do you find that deal? Like, I want to buy that deal. Like, you're telling me you've bought a property. I can see that property is worth 300 and you picked it up for 200. You bought it for 100 grand or 50 grand below market value. How do you get that? And I was like, well, this is what I've done. And then you know, I've got a demand for setting up businesses that would help people do that. So... Created businesses today, but you know, I do it for fun. I don't do it because I have to do it, I do it because I want to do it. I could, if I didn't do what I did today, I would be able to make probably a lot more money from my investing and focusing more on my investing than I do on my businesses. However, it's you know, I do it because I want to do it, not because I have to. It, and that's the what thing. feeling does it give you helping people? Just seeing people for me, what I first realized is you know, I was creating my own friends to be around me right if i sit there and say to someone one of my problems today no one will get it because they just they don't have that same position or the same uh, exposure to the problem so it could be like oh yeah you know someone's complaining that they got their red due on their car it's like okay uh, good on you you got your regio oh you know my life's so bad or you know it's so terrible whatever for me, I'm like sitting there thinking, I've got 170 council rates at a thousand or two thousand dollars a piece. Do you want to pay my bills, right? It's like it's like it's good to have people around you that you can just you know be around. And for me to build a business and give back to other people the knowledge that I've created over the years, you know, that has been you know a very humbling feeling for me to, to be able to do that. And um recently, I was talking to someone about if you know if someone came into my group of companies that he's. A billion dollars, not saying my business is worth anywhere near a billion dollars, but just for the fun, of, someone came in and said, here's a billion dollars, go away and, you know, fly around in your jet and your yacht and never be seen again. I sat there and thought about that as a scenario. The problem that I would have is on Monday morning, what would I do? <laughs> right? <laughs> Which takes me back to why I started doing what I do. And, you know, I get great pleasure uh, looking at my staff and seeing the results of what they're doing as well like all my staff whether it be from the teenagers in my office to you know my receptionist that's got 20 properties you know teenagers that have got three or four properties it's it's cool it's humbling to see that people make changes in their life and the changes that I see in people's life isn't just about wow I've made some money like you know I've got this rule in the office it doesn't matter how much money you come to us with and want help with like we we you know we do have a little bit of and arrogance there we want to help people get ahead we don't want to just you know help everyone because it's only a certain amount of time and effort by like energy in the day for everyone to be able to to do and from that perspective that you know, we understand that you know we want to work with people that are passionate about getting ahead um, you know if someone comes in with a lot of money good on you if you've got an ego you can leave the same door that you came in that sort of stuff like it's something that the the, the cultural we've Built and the, the, it's more like a family of what we've got um, rather than you know just buying a property or anything like that. So yeah. There's a lot of people will be listening and you know they're miles away
1: from you know thirty five grand or fifty grand. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, and that truly because yeah. you know they might be supporting a young family and that kind of saving just yeah. is, is, is beyond them.
2: Yet they may. There's a lot of people out there that don't. Sorry, cut you short. No, no, go do it. There's a lot of people that don't even know that they've got access to the funds. Right. So, what do I mean by that? Is that let's say, for instance, your mum and dad in suburbia in 2010, and you bought a uh, four hundred thousand dollar property in Western Sydney, or three hundred thousand dollar house and land package in Western Sydney. That thing could be worth six, seven hundred, eight hundred thousand today. If you've got three hundred grand, four hundred grand in equity, that's a lot more than what I had as my thirty-five grand. You know, I've seen people with two, three hundred grand in startup capital, who've able to build portfolios in two years of twenty properties plus. And they haven't had savings physically from cash. They've had access to the equity in their property. So, yeah. That's not bad. <laughs> I'm sorry doing, to cut your question. No, no, no. Answer. I'm doing maths. I'm doing
1: maths into my head right now. We'll talk off air. Um, but I guess, you know, my question is like, so there's because people listen to the show from everywhere. Yeah, I, yeah. I, get, I get emails from like far west Victoria. I get people, yeah. emails from people who get they download the show on a satellite yeah. because I live in a country station 200, awesome 200 miles from Longreach. I'm not even joking. Yeah. People yeah. out in the middle of nowhere listen to this show. Yeah. But in their life, they might not be saving for this 35 grand. They might be not be saving for this thing, but they may have a similar goal that is, you know, yeah. this is the thing that I'm working towards that will give me and my family the, the next next leg up. Yeah. What I've heard you say a lot is, that it, it, it seemed to me, and from what I read about you, that it was yeah. an easier path because you found a way to keep emotion yeah. out of it. What, what, what can you tell people about yeah. detaching? Because it's a yeah. big deal. Like you're yeah. putting the weight of your family and your future and your retirement on this, on this saving, thing, and if yeah. I miss a shift, that puts yeah. me 70 bucks back. I've got to work 20 more hours to make that money back. Exactly. How, and that can destroy you, yeah. all right? How can you separate that emotion from yeah. th- that goal?
2: A good question. For me, um, you know, uh, breaking it up into two parts, the first part being the mental toughness to push myself forward. Um, I always reminded myself of the worst-case scenario of what, why I was doing what I'm doing for. So I didn't want to have to go and work my whole life away and waste it when I could be out having fun and doing things that I wanted to with purpose and passion and being enjoying life. Uh, that was what kept pushing me forward like I did not want to end up in mediocreville I wanted to push myself to be the best version of myself that I could be and you know having to do that is not what you want to do it's not what you you know aspire to do in life by having to go work two jobs whatever the case may be but pushing yourself through that is what you need to do to get ahead it doesn't need to be hard work to do that you don't need to go crazy like I've done to build my property portfolio a lot of people are out there you know there's a couple that might be on you know Sixty grand, seventy grand a year income times two—that's a lot more than what I earned to build my property portfolio. That's what a lot of people don't understand. Like I did it on my own, and you know, you don't have to make so many sacrifices, but you need to have a plan. You need to have a vision of where you're going. So, for me, you know, I made sure that I knew exactly what I needed to achieve by the age of thirty, how I had to get there, and I broke it down to little jigsaw puzzle pieces, um, each. Property that I acquire is a part of the jigsaw puzzle to get me to closer and closer to where I wanted to be at that point. And you know, it's not that big and scary if you can change your mindset to actually absorb it all. Draw it down on the table, break it down, absorb it, put it back together, break it down, and try and find the errors in your strategy. It's just like a business. There's no difference between building a property portfolio and a business, I treated my property investing like a business from the start and I actioned it like a business. And it is strange because I was working in a job, I didn't have any business, I was scared of business, all that sort of stuff, but I treated my investing with the same principles as a business would. Um, a lot of people get emotionally attached, like, oh, I wouldn't live here or you know, whatever the case might be. If we take it back and look at the car, you know, let's say you've got a quarter of a million dollars in your bank account. You can go buy um, half a half-decent Lambo or you can go and buy 10 Ford Falcons, right? The Lambo is cool because it will stroke your ego. And that's what a lot of people have as a house that they live in. They're like, you know, it gives me security. It's cool. You know, it's, it's good. The reality of it is, is we could live in a tent and we'd be fine, Right? It's our ego that says we must have that big house with five bedrooms, six bedrooms, five car garage, three bathrooms, four bathrooms. The Lambo is our ego. The Ford Falcon is going to be fine. It could be a Holden if people don't like Ford, whatever. Right? <laughs> but if you buy General a- Motors in Australia, General people, Motors is yeah. yeah. <laughs> thing um, If you had 10 Ford, so for a 250 grand you buy Lambo, or 250 grand you can buy 10 Ford Falcons. You could send those ten Ford Falcons out there to be a taxi and earn you an income that will far pay out your Lambo, and you could have both. But people just go, oh, "I want must have that now." They want that cool thing right now. But to sacrifice an equipment and having that strategy of how you're going to actually structure your ten Ford Falcons to pay for your Lambo and maybe your Range Rover as well on the side and whatever, and that is a property portfolio there in itself. You don't need to go and pay two hundred fifty grand for the Lambo. You can buy a twenty-five grand Ford Falcon. You go buy ten of them, and use those cars as a vehicle. And as I did with my property portfolio, I didn't go buy the nice big house to live in as my principal place of residence. I went and bought investments that I could afford as a part of the jigsaw puzzle to get me to my holy grail. Um, As it sits today, I. I've I've got a head full of grey hair now. I'm 30 years old. I've sacrificed a lot. I'm cool. You with are that. not grey. I've out got heaps of grey hair. Like. Get out. Come, come talk to me when you're 41, mate. Come talk. Look, at, it's
1: November. I'm already grey. Oh, look I'm at go, that. Go, look
2: at my. <laughs> um, with it, I I'm in a position now where, you know, going back 12 months ago, I, I remember seeing a newspaper article one day. It was a front page article, and it said the Donald Trump of Western Sydney or something like that, right? And I was sitting there, I was like, I didn't think I was like, oh, that's cool. It's pretty funny. Put it aside, got back with my day. I picked a copy up recently, like um when I moved into my new house actually, uh, going back eighteen months ago. And I was sitting there, I laughed at myself and I was like, they call me the Donald Trump of Western Sydney. I have like 170 properties, but I don't have a house that I live in. Right? <laughs> I was sitting there, I was like, I'm glad I bought the house that I'm going to live in now. And I bought five acres of land, 20,000 square metres out in uh, North West Sydney. And um, from that, in the process got the DA and council at the moment to build a 2,200 square metre house. That's big. I've got a block of 40 units that I own as one of my properties and that's 1,950 square metres. My house is a six-bedroom house. Uh, You know, did I set out at the start to go, I'm going to get this? No, it was delayed gratification. I pushed myself and I put my head down and I committed myself. I knew what I had to do. I clarified that to start off with. I then went out, did it, and then I go, okay, you know, did what I had to do, hustle hard, um, and now I'm at a decision where, you know, I'm enjoying it or planning to enjoy it. You're going to have to get
1: some solar panels on that roof, man. That's a lot of... It's a lot of heating and cooling. Yeah, it's it is,
2: mate. It is. Be careful
1: with LEDs in and everything because that's a that's yeah. a, that's a lot of space. That is. I'm a, a little
2: bit concerned. I tried to make it eco-friendly as well by having you know certain segmented areas of the house, so you know corridors that you can like block off. Yeah, with like the air. Like yeah, a, yeah. Otherwise, yeah. you just yeah, you'd be running those dual.
1: Uh, oh, the split air conditioners forever. Exactly. Uh, yeah, but put the solar panels on there, you can charge your Tesla too. So uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. you got to get your get your mind out of the Lamborghini, man. Tesla's faster. No, no, than no don't worry about the Lamborghini. Got, I drive a nice new Bentley. So oh, lovely. So, yeah, I drive uh, an electric Nissan Leaf. Oh, do you? Yeah, yeah. The best car ever. We we'll have to go take it for a spin. Mate, ride, so. you'll never drive a better car. Is yeah. the funnest,
2: greatest, fastest little thing. Cost me twenty eight grand. It's the first part to the you know to, to, to get to you know getting that Lambo man. Let's you have a portfolio of those these Nissan Leafs. Mark my words, you, anything,
1: you put it back to the grid. Mark my words, you will never see me in a Lamborghini, <laughs> ever. I will never. You won't I see gonna, me one probably. I'm going to yeah. put this right now. Um, I will never buy an a dust an internal combustion engine car again. Okay. I yeah. only buy electric okay. from now on. I've had okay. electric cars for the last five years. Okay, the best I can okay. in the states. I've been driving a Nissan over there for the last uh, four years. I can drive 800 k's for eight dollars. Think about that when you fill in your Bentley, mate. My, my, other,
2: car, <laughs> my other car is uh, is uh, apparently it was meant to be a. Uh, Uh, More eco-friendly diesel car, but, yeah, recently. (laughs) You know what's terrible? You know what's terrible? This is how in trouble our
1: country is. Um, They've had to recall those VWs everywhere in the world, most places in the world, Mm -hmm. because they no longer fit that country's emission standards. Australia, no problem, mate. You'll be right. We're flying. Like, we're still well clear of our emission standards, even with how terrible. Like, So think about that, Yeah, how much we're... Anyway, um, so clearly, mate, it's not smooth sailing. Clearly, you've come across some some big challenges on the way. Uh, How – I mean, and it sounds to me like you did a lot of this alone. Was there mentors involved? No mentors. No mentors. So
2: So you would have had to make mistakes to learn. 100%. So uh, if I look at – in my business life, um, I have a business partner uh, who is by my side and uh, he – I helped him out when he first started his investing. And when I met him, he had no properties. And in a period of six years, I think it's been, uh, he's up to about 80 properties that he owns at the moment. And for him to get there, he's done that in half the time it took me to get to that point. And looking at, you know, he got 20 properties in two years. It took him like five years to get 20 properties. And the mistakes that I made, I I would not say that I've made any mistakes that are. Cost me money. I've never lost money in real estate, cool. myself or anyone else that's been around me that have helped out or had a part in their life. Um, but <clears throat> you know, I take great pride in that. Um, with him, though, you know he could have gone down the road of you know learning stuff and you know trial and error, but having someone there that's like, "Don't do this. It's going to stuff you up." This is what happened to me. ABC. So like, okay, that's cool. I appreciate that. Respect it and move on and go to the next thing. And I think that's been important for a lot of our uh, clients that we help out nowadays. You know, they're getting to their goals in like half the amount of time that it took Daniel, my business partner, to get to where he is today. And that's you know, it's cool. Uh, but there's no goals. There's no uh, mentors. And so people yeah. people get in, people yeah. will come to you. And what is it? It's a it's an education platform. It's a course. It's a no. Um, basically, we. I've built a group of companies. I've got like 12 different brands in the in the group. Uh, so we have got everything from an advisory business to a financial planning business uh, to a law firm to an accounting practice, a finance company, real estate offices for managing properties, etc. cetera. Um, uh, some computer programs as well to help manage properties and that. But um, uh, probably the, the, the biggest amount of people that come into our door is what we have, which is called a map session, which... This is a strategy session. When people will come in, <clears throat> you were saying beforehand, like ten years ago, twenty years ago, you would have someone trying to sell a property or spruik a property. And there's so many dodgy you know, bastards out there that are trying to spruik something or sell their wares, um, and always make videos, YouTube videos about you know the, the risks of that, especially in a hot market because they just come out of the woodwork, thing, they can make a buck. Um, Go back 10, 20 years ago, they'd be like, oh, I'll fly you to a different state, I'll show you this, like, they'll pull up in their suit and their tie and their Mercedes, you know, we've got the internet today, we're not that dumb. <laughs> um, what, uh, you know, a strategy session is, is where people will come in, they will pay you know, $299, five, $499, depending on what sort of session they want, um, and be able to sit there and run through where they're at and you know, sometimes it's actually brutally harsh like some of the testimonials that come to us. You know, one recently was from a, a client who said, I went to the MAP session yesterday with, with Daniel and, you know, it, it was pretty harsh. I was upset with what you told me um, until, you know, I went home and I couldn't sleep and I thought, you know, I'd, I'd waste my money. But the fact is, is what... I was upset about wasn't it you, it was the fact that you were telling me what I needed to hear, oh uh, yeah, and I thank you for that, and it has changed my life and that is humbling stuff being able to you know change someone's mindset to get them on track of where they need to be and it's it seems like, like this
1: and I don't, i'll you know yeah. I know you're a busy man, so i'll I'll get out on this yeah, that's right um it seems that the key to pretty much everything you've said, from what happened when you were thirteen to what happened when you lost your father tragically. Yeah to, that it's all, it's all in how you
2: choose to look at it. It is. Yeah. That's how I look at everything today. Like there's, you got to, if we go back to the matrix, you've got a blue pill or a red pill. Which one do you want to take? Do you want to go back to your little, you know, little bubble that you're in? Or do you want to take the other one and be able to, you know, yeah. change it? But once you do change your mindset, you can never go back. We were trying to tell that to the, the kid
1: last night. She was upset about her teacher. Yeah. I'm like, you can't change how your teacher is. Yeah. All you can change is how you react to your teacher. Yeah, exactly. It's a bit much for an 11 year old to take on. <laughs> but would you say that that's, that's the, the best place to start is initially look at how you're choosing to see what's happening? Exactly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that a mindset, before you do anything, you know, if you don't have the right mindset, you could, you know, Get yourself into more trouble than you know uh, than what you are today, or whatever the case may be. You need to take a step back, dip yourself in bleach, pull yourself back out, and go. Okay, what are the good things I need to, to get to where I want to be, and work out a, a roadmap for your life. Like it doesn't matter. What property for me? Initially, when I first started, I thought you know property will be a monetary thing. You know, like it will save me having to go to work, or whatever the case may be it's become a lot more than that. The property is just a vehicle. Taking it back to the, the the Ford Falcons and whatnot, it is just a vehicle to get you to where you need to be. When you remove the need for money, you know, you've got everything covered in your life. You can do things for purpose. You don't need to. And, you know, with a mindset, you know, it, it, it's much more than just buying a property and making some money. A lot of people go out there to buy a property just to make a quick buck. And, you know, we've all seen people that have try to make a quick buck in their lives. It's you know it's not pretty and we end up in, in disaster. Um it's important that, you know, it's a choice. If you if you want to get rich quick, if your definition of quick is five to ten years and a lot of commitment, then you know, it is definitely possible and I think it's possible to most people out there, but it's applying yourself and committing yourself to to what comes your way. Because I can sit here and say, you know, as I said before, in the grey hairs they came because, you know, it's the challenges, the stress, the stuff that you have to go through to get to where you are today. And, you know, I think that a mindset is, you know, that's the first place you need to start off with.
1: And how do you know when it's time? I might have to have a look at this. this is, is, it, is it when things are, is it when you feel uncomfortable that you go, oh, what, what's, how am I seeing this?
2: When I was brushing my teeth in the morning, looking at myself in the mirror, and it felt like Groundhog Day. That's when I knew that I had to change. Right. Yeah. But what about
1: through your day when you say you need to experience a mindset shift? Yeah.
2: <clears throat> Basically the same thing. If you're sitting there and you're unhappy about something, you, you no one can control your life. Like you're in control of your life. Like you have to make that decision to change something in your life. You have to go, okay, I'm not happy. Am I going to go, I've got two. If you're unhappy about something, you've got two options to do. You can either accept it three options, accept it, bitch about it, or change it. A lot of people will sit there and just accept it because it's comfort zone. comfort zone. The most uncomfortable place to be in life would be a comfort zone, in my opinion. Bitch about it, which, you know, just get out of my life. Like, I've got like a repellent for that. Like I don't want to, you know, listen to someone bitch about something. You need change. What do you have to do to change it? Work out that. It's a plan. It's a mindset. It's a shift in your mindset to get you to where you need to be. Okay.
1: I, I can't thank you enough for coming over here today. Thank you. I appreciate it. I hope you managed to find a park in my skinny street.
2: I did,
1: mate. I did. All right, man. I'm going to take your photo, okay? Yeah, no. Okay, sweet. Nathan Birch. You can find out more about Nathan. You just Google his name. There's a lot on him, but uh, his company is uh, B Invested. I'm not a client, um, but it looks interesting. B Invested, the letter B, Invested. You can find them online. Uh, Very interesting cat. Really interesting guy. Looking forward to him if he ever writes a book. Uh, he'd also got heaps of YouTube stuff, as uh, as he explained. Um, but yeah, that's the uh, that's the show. If you like the show, please tell someone. If you don't like the show, please tell someone. If you like the show and think, you know what? I can afford to help out. Please, patreon.com slash osher. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot slash osher is, uh, is where you can donate. And thank you so much. There's some rewards there, including exclusive episodes, Skype calls, a few other things. Uh, but yeah, I'm humbled and grateful to everyone that helped out. I'm really hoping to be able to afford an audio producer so I can make sure I get a new episode out each week. I uh, certainly don't want to have to go fortnightly, um, uh, but I'm sure you'll understand if I get have to. But uh, I love making this show, and I, I just need... I, I just don't have enough hours in the day. <laughs> right now, I'm only getting able to do this because it's, it's Sunday morning. The kids at the grandparents, Audrey's at work. It's 11 in the morning and I'm home with a puppy and I'm able to you know, do this on a Sunday morning. Thank you so much for supporting. Can't wait to talk to you next week. If you need me, send Osher email at gmail.com. Until I talk to you next time, please sleep well and dream of beautiful things.